0: An award-winning, family-owned business with exceptional diamonds, engagement rings, jewelry, and timepieces, Continental Diamond is the jeweler Minnesota adores in St. Louis Park or online at ContinentalDiamond.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Tailgate. It's Packer Week. It's a huge week, and we have an absolutely huge guest, Uh, one of the icons of sports comedy, Frank Caliendo, joins us, talks a little Packers-Vikings. He's a lifelong Packers fan. He talks Fox, his time there, stand-up comedy, some of his favorite sports memories. This was an incredible episode. I think you guys are going to love it. And hey, check out his uh, website, frankonstage.com. I know he's going to be at the Omaha Funny Bone soon. He's coming through the Midwest. Check out all his dates. Uh, Frank is truly the best of the best, and this was a really, really great episode. I hope you guys like it. I know what time it is. Hey, we gotta go, man. We gotta go. Let's go. So time! Ta-da! It is Packer Week, everybody, and it is essentially a do-or-die week for both teams. Joining us on the tailgate to discuss all things Packers and all things end of the season, the great Frank Caliendo. Hey, buddy. How are you? Doing
1: quite well. Um, is it is. Listen, is Packer Viking Week huge for you guys? I mean, but growing up for me, it was there was a big rivalry or a rivalry, but it was Bears-Packers, and I was born in Chicago but grew up in Milwaukee, so we used to have uh, our relatives from Chicago would send us all the Bears stuff. So we're we're talking eighty-five Bears, like Mm -hmm. six-foot by four-foot posters. And we would hang them up because, you know, we got all the. There was just better stuff at that point from (laughs) Chicago, right? Am I, uh, I, you know, it's even amazing to even think about this now. And you, but people don't probably don't even talk about this. But the way we got the six foot by four foot posters, my uncle used to trade in like his cigarette miles (laughs) to get like. Like, you couldn't even imagine a professional sports league yeah. um, being associated with cigarettes or anything like that. It was like Camel Bucks or something
0: like that. Yeah, I was just going to say, how many Marlboro Miles for that Jim McMahon poster?
1: Yeah, but these were the giant, like, and they were, we, so we had the giant Bears posters, and then the four or five guys who didn't have mustaches on them, we, you know, drew them on there. <laughs> but it was interesting because, you know, Packer fans, which I became more of just after I was younger, because at '85 we were just engulfed by my, you know, Italian relatives, and you're like Frank, you got to support the, you got to support the Bears, you know, and then everybody's going the Bears, the Bears, and all that kind of stuff. So, and at the time it was like the Alindi and Fonte Packers, and mm-hmm. you know, the growing up, and the, it was Mikowski and. Um, you know, that crew before those the different quarterbacks before we got to to Favre coming in.
0: Yeah, everybody before they hired Holmgren and he hired the greatest coaching staff in the history of professional football. Right. The the, the coaching tree that will live forever. This is a funny thing that Packer fans do, Frank. And I, you, I think you don't even intend it. Some of them know like when because v- Packers week is everything to Vikings fan. You hit it on the head. But- and there's nothing more hurtful than somebody you don't like not thinking about you. So when a Packers fan is like, "Is it a big deal to you?" because we think about Bears, like that is a that is a fun little jab to the side. Hard. No,
1: no, no. I, I it was half on purpose and half like real. <laughs> it was like it was honest, but there was I, I thought that might be the case, so that's why I said it. It worked. So it was that type of thing. To, to it be, worked. Because I just I don't I. I know when it's that week, it seems like, especially growing up, it was always bears, 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 bears. That's all anybody, everybody wanted to beat. But I don't know. Maybe it's because, I mean, Minneapolis is a bigger city than Milwaukee, especially Green Bay. But um, Chicago is such a, you know, I even do jokes about Milwaukee. I grew up in a suburb of Chicago, Milwaukee, Mm -hmm. and people from Milwaukee hate that joke. But people (laughs) in Chicago cheer it. Uh, like we know, we know, you know. So, I I never get into that. I never understood geographical rivalries so much. No. I guess I do get it with I get it with the teams somewhat. Um, but I'm also I, yeah. I, I the it hurts when the Packers lose. I have that little bit of emptiness inside of me. Um, but it's I'm not like a crazed Packer fan. Uh, that's but I, I care. I mean, I do care. And then yeah. Now that I live in Arizona, second team is kind of the uh, the Cardinals, but it's hard to to love them because they just feel like they're always falling to pieces.
0: Yeah, they're like uh, the Southeast's lions. You know, they'll have a moment here and there. That's not that joke does not work this year because of what's going on with the team. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I I can absolutely understand that. I think the long history of the Bears Packers. Uh, you know, I I have Packer friends who they. They take such pride in the long, like horrible history. But since about 98, since Randy Moss came in and the Vikings Packers were a little more it's us or you guys, it's us or you guys. Yeah, that's I think. But I think if you're talking about the history of football, you know, those two franchises, uh, you know, they have their stamp on the early days in a way that almost nobody else does
1: the The Moss Vikings, those years, I, I, honestly, those were big. That was big rivalry time. there I, that was some of the most I'd felt it. um and I think it was because they were such a star star player in Randy Moss. yeah, there's a that you know it's it's interesting. the NFL markets more to the team because it's the ultimate team game, right? I mean, right? The NBA is all about single players, this player that player, and it's only five people on the court on each side at once. and In the nfl you've got uh, everybody's got their job it is really that uh belichick do your job kind of mentality that Mm -hmm. if one little cog in the machine falls apart or doesn't do its job everything's gone so in the nba you can have guys mess up it doesn't matter especially if you have a superstar they're gonna call a foul anyways
0: you know i know a lot of people know you and know your career but i don't know that everybody knows that you started the way almost all midwestern comedians started in that you had to do, and I know this through some of our mutual friends, you had to go on the road. You had to do one nighters. You had to do the rooms in the Midwest. What was it? like? Because I've mentioned football on stage in the Midwest doing small rooms as I was coming up and people's reaction. You want to talk about tribalism? What was it like doing Madden and doing some of these impressions and talking sports coming up in a place where people's sense of humor is, uh, it doesn't exist when it comes to their favorite team.
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they definitely, people get um uh, a little bit uh, put up their, their guard on stuff. They, I don't know the mad stuff. I would do is always neutral, though. You yeah. know, it was always neutral and with the EP. Like if it was the stuff about Brett Favre, you know, Brett Favre was the Brett Favre, Brett Favre, and without Brett Favre, you wouldn't have Brett Favre. And that's what that's all about. So they, if you love Brett Favre in Green Bay people love that you're just talking about, right. You know, if you're somewhere else, you're like, yeah, it's that, that's all Madden talks about is Brett Favre. I'm sick of it. So it works both ways, uh, as opposed to picking a side or something. I mean, and usually you can get a joke in, uh, here or there, a, you know, a, um, a, a making fun of somebody's team, but you better come back, you know, quickly before somebody else says something. Um, so I think the Madden stuff, I, you know, it was always pretty neutral uh, going through and doing all those one-nighters. Um, to me, it was more of a problem, but people didn't know the sports stuff that way. Because oh, when they, sure. people first come out to see you and in, in, you know, at, uh, at comedy clubs, they're not necessarily, you're an attraction. You're not necessarily selling the tickets. So they might just be somebody who's showing up that night for a show. And if they're not sports fans, they wouldn't even get that in part. So that would be more the issue for me than anything in those days.
0: One thing I appreciate you about you greatly, and, and we have a mutual friend, Mike McCray. Yeah. And Mike McCray, uh, who I've spent a lot of time with in my life, he is he does what you do, which is you guys are fantastic impressionists, but you are fantastic comedians. And so the writing takes over and the impression is almost, I don't want to belittle it by by saying that it's secondary but the impression lives within the larger concept of well-written comedy and i think you know you're kind of the height of that with madden existing early and then madden's referencing a joke that you did you know kind of his character flowing throughout your set was there a moment where that happened on was that intentional did it happen on stage was there just one day where you're like holy shit look at like how did that come to be it actually came from John
1: Caponero was watching me. Do you know Johnny Capanera? Yeah. Like I did it once or something in the show. He's like, you're doing the greatest color analyst of all time. Explain the jokes. Explain every joke. I go, but yeah, but then if you have to explain the joke, isn't the joke not that good? Not if it's in your act and you explain explaining them as John <laughs> Man. Good night, people. I touched on it a little bit and then he was like, yeah, you should just use that. And it really—I I wasn't even—I kind of did it as a, a callback, a single callback. And he's like, "No, don't just use it as a little callback. Explain joke after joke after joke with Madden." And w- as Madden got out of you know being on TV, I ended up I transitioning that same thing to Morgan Freeman. I would just explain the jokes, narrate them as Morgan Freeman if somebody didn't get them. Mm-hmm. So, but that—but that's really the the metamorphosis of Madden, like becoming so much of my act. There mm-hmm. was because
0: john Campanera said to me just do it just get in there and do it well, it's uh it really is it really is so smartly written i you know the other thing and I, I don't need to turn this into a a a flowers parade but anybody any of us who've ever worked in the the realm of comedy and sports understand how difficult it is to exist there for any long period of time and the fox pregame show Getting two and a half minutes to have to be funny, be relevant, not make the league angry, not make the sponsors angry, not make the station angry, and still have people go, that was funny enough to watch. That is, I I believe that is the toughest spot in anything sports humor related to be in that position.
1: And also you have to remember, it's on tape. Yeah. So you can't, t- it's taped and done. So the best things on the Fox pregame show to me, and the same with the NBA on TNT, to be honest with you, when things go wrong and they start ripping into each other, I don't care how good the planned segment is, when Terry Bradshaw completely forgets what he's talking about, or uh, the camera zooms into Howie Long to be smart, or whatever it might be, They're going to start ripping on each other. And that's the fun part. That's the fun. It's the camaraderie and chemistry. And when you come in and you're a taped piece, you only get beginning and end with them. So there's no interaction in between and there's no changing to feel how it's going. Yeah. Some of the best times I ever had were when I was in studio with them, just goofing around with them. And then I could go from thing to thing and do some voices and do some jokes and make fun of them. And they could make fun of me back. And it was a back and forth. Remember, when you're doing that two to two and a half minutes, you, make your, you made your decisions and you went with them. So uh, there's, no, there's no navigating. There's no new navigation there um which is what you know stand-up comedy and immediate the immediacy of the reaction from the crowd you get so you don't you don't have any of that that's the tough thing about being on tape and people don't even know like you know the the average person doesn't realize you're on tape even though it looks completely different looks more filmed it looks it's edited you think let's throw
0: it to frank live (laughs) yeah
1: yeah people just think that it's like no that's there's nothing live about that so um so, yeah, I think I do think it and it's the sports mentality doing comedy within a sports mentality, which is what are you doing for me this week? Comedy in in, in general and quote unquote Hollywood is like they like this. They, there is some what have you done for me you know, lately, but it's nowhere near the sports feeling of you. The last game's over time for the next game. Like it's we're on to Cincinnati. There's that's exactly what happens in sports and the building that mentality is there throughout any sports uh you know sports entertainment especially that maybe not so much of the new younger podcast kind of stuff but in terms of the in terms of the old school tv stuff yeah i mean it's those build and those buildings are based on you know John Madden and him ruling the roost and and whoever was there at the time, those old school, and they weren't old school at the time, but Fox was super innovative. If you look, most of the things you see on sports television, if you go back and see how much they were ripped, Fox would start, the game just used to be the game on TV. Nothing was on the screen. And now it's stats and Mm -hmm. uh, information, all sorts of stuff that was all Fox, you know, and people, sports writers uh, in columns in like USA Today and whatever, they would rip Fox for changing that. We couldn't live without it. Now now you sit there with an iPad next to you or your phone looking up things while you're watching the game. And I remember a producer saying to me, I don't see people ever doing that. I'm like, me neither. No way. Would you sit there with your phone looking up stats while the game's going on? And, Now, I couldn't imagine not being able to look stuff up.
0: No one hates change more than people who've loved sports for a really long time. It's like in golf when they first when I think Fox, maybe they had a major or something, but they were like, we're going to put the tracker on the ball. We're going to let you see the tail off the ball, just like you do in a video game. And I remember golf people were like, that's the dumbest thing. And now you're right. Everything they do, everything they push forward is you know it eventually sticks even some of the cameras you
1: go and watch a game live or a you know a golf match you watch that live and you're looking for the stuff that's on the tv you're looking for replays you're looking for things that you're going it's not the same the television product in the nfl is so good like it's just it's it's a great product that uh you know i've i've gone to i've been a bunch of super bowls quite a few worked at some and I, I, it's even not the same. I, I, it's you know I, the the live game. If you're, it's really great when you're a, a diehard fan of a team. I think that's great. But just watching other games on TV, I would probably rather watch on TV personally.
0: There's no, maybe the most important uh, evolution of television sports, in my opinion, is the first down line. I like I'll be at a game and I'll be like, where's the line? Yeah. Where's the y-? it is how that impacts how you view every single play is insane. It is it is really, really crazy. Yep, totally. Absolutely. The uh, you mentioned it is that that clash with you were talking about uh, how sports is a what have you done for me lately? type of situation it is interesting because that is the mentality it's like well you won last well, week well, look at san francisco versus baltimore yeah if you look at that it's it's brock purdy's out of the running now mm-hmm. and uh
1: lamar jackson is uh at the top and you're like yeah it was a prime time type of game and important a super important game but if that game had happened six weeks ago Nobody cares and you're on and you have plenty of games to to recoup on that. Or if you're Brock Purdy and if you're Lamar Jackson, you have time to build or uh, up or down either way on what you did last night. I mean, so such a what happened this last game, like that's so much more important in terms of. Uh, you know, MVP voting or whatever, you know, whatever, I'm sure most of these players would actually rather win the Super Bowl than care about MVP unless you're a wide receiver and then you'd rather get MVP.
0: Yeah, that'd be, I mean, A, I think that's just more your personality and B, you want to be the first wide receiver who's like, hey, I did it. (laughs) I'm the most valuable player. Yeah, it's uh, it is really and and when you compare it to what you do, what we do, you know, in the art and stand up world where your job is just like, I'm building this thing. I'm building this beautiful thing. And sometimes it's not going to be great, but I'm trying to build. it. So going in each week like you did, you know, to Fox, it's kind of an interesting clash of art and sports where they're like, hey, you know how you did the funniest thing we've ever seen last week? Yeah. What's better this week? You're like, well, that's not how jokes work at all. That was my right. There's
1: there's peaks and valleys, and and you know, in the sports, they will, they they they'll edit to. They do this in TV sometimes too, in like entertainment, but they cut out all the the air to just be punchline, 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 punchline. Well, it's important to have the setups. If you only have punchline, punch, you just look like you're trying too hard. Mm-hmm. But my first year at Fox, I thought I was going to be fired every week because I followed up Jimmy Kimmel and. I thought every week it was just a brutal. They, the guys didn't know how to react because I wasn't ripping on them, and we were doing an impression. And we had this thing where we, I was working at a bar; I was a bartender first, and then it would be, then I'd be throwing to myself doing it. But it was very weird, but they wanted to and they wanted to try and emulate what they did with Kimmel on the couch. I was like, well, why don't we just do a couch? They're like, well, that's already been done. I'm like. Well, I mean, every talk show host sits at a desk after doing a monologue, too. What's the difference? And the whole thing is kind of speaking from the fan perspective. So it was too manufactured at the beginning, and then we started just getting into the sketch uh, of what it was—the heart of the sketch—and um, it just was easy. You know, it was it was it was easy to just make that work more easier. I mean, was whether it was going to be good or bad. I mean, I looked at like one. If I could get one out of four to be really good one out of three to be pretty good and the other two to not be awful, I was fine with that because it's hard doing it every week. And when, when i come in, especially after a few years, once the internet and once social media got going and podcasts, when Kimmel first did it, it was hard because nobody else was doing anything like that. Nobody was doing a comedy segment in sports. But as soon as Twitter and all these other social media platforms came, all the jokes had been done by the time we'd, we'd shoot on Thursday. And then you could do new jokes on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, even to the day of. I had to shoot on Thursday. That was on tape by Thursday to be air on Saturday. Things could change. Yeah, Sometimes something weird would happen and they'd have to cut something out because they're like, oh, no, there was a controversy here. I'm like, oh, OK, whatever. But you just have to deal with it and roll with it.
0: When, we, when I was at ESPN and we were doing Sports Center for Snapchat, it was it was like the super version of that, where we would get all the games would finish by 10, 11 o'clock at the latest. We tape at about 2 in the morning. And by the next morning when we came out, f- seriously, 30, 40 percent, it was a good day if somebody didn't comment like, hey, we saw that joke on Twitter before you did it. You're like, yeah, I don't yeah. know what, it's just crazy how... The internet has changed sports and comedy. And well,
1: that was the same thing like sports, sports center. You was so super look forward to sports center, right? It, as kids, and now all the highlights are available immediately across tons of platforms. So you can get that, you might not get the package. So, and the odd thing about ESPN was that they got away from personalities too, doing the sports center stuff. And that's that's the only thing that that's why Scott Van Pelt works too, because mm-hmm. it's him. Yeah, it's his thing, so you feel you feel him. It's less news show and more. I don't even want to say news magazine. It's entertainment, and you have his personality throughout. Yeah, and uh, that's that's the thing that propels something like that at, at this point. When everything's available, you know, you the team, the Vikings put out stuff as soon as it happens. I mean, that just wasn't twenty years ago. That wasn't available. That didn't exist. So you have to adapt and change to that. And it's really hard, especially with jokes, because people say, like you said, people are like, I saw that joke. Did you get that joke from Twitter? No, I, I just tried to stay off of Twitter so I wouldn't see any jokes. Yeah. But there's no way you're gonna win. I mean, because there's just too many people look at too many different things.
0: Yeah, it's it's impossible. You it's essentially you versus the world, is what it is. And <laughs> yeah. you know, it's the the putting something together long form. There's always gonna be somebody who can stab out into the open air and and hit something but you know your job is to put a few minutes of that in a row
1: yeah when all it's it's the same it's the same with stand-up comedy right that when you are funny in somebody's living room or out at you know at the at the game or whatever you do a joke here and there people are laughing because they're like oh this is interesting well, but it's different when they come to tune into you just for that, They're like, okay, make me laugh now. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you're on the menu to make people laugh. And that's a that's a different thing. There's no surprise there. It's like, that's your job. And people have a different mentality when it's your job.
0: Uh, last thing uh, before we get you out of here, Frank, I want to know, uh, and I'm sure our listeners do. I mean, you've had such a cool career. What... Do you can you barrel down to a singular moment? I mean, I growing up a football fan, and then getting like you said, you've been to a bunch of Super Bowls. You've worked with these personalities. You've gotten to be around these teams. Is there a moment that you look back on, or a couple moments that you're like, that was it? That's that's something that I'm that is fun to hold on to forever as a sports fan.
1: I I can remember one thing that always comes to mind is I was in the green room at Fox uh just sitting in a dressing room terry talking to terry bradshaw franco harris walks in who's passed away since then but uh and terry and franco hadn't seen each other in 20 30 years whatever it was and just and nobody and they were having like this mini reunion just chatting that just came across each other and nobody was asking me to leave the room that was one of those like Oh, you just get to be a part of this stuff.
0: That's great.
1: So, that's that's one of those those huge huge moments that I realized, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Or when I was another thing was just simple when I could Jimmy Johnson's hair was different one day, like just totally different. And I could just call the control room and a producer and go, what's going on with Jimmy's hair? And he was doing something for Survivor or something. I remember he was on Survivor. So I was like, wow, that's cool. I could just call Fox and just say what ask what's going on in the situation. Another little thing would be just backstage and Terry Bradshaw, you know, grabbing You know, Um, So my son was playing with a broom outside of the studio and uh terry broad said we're gonna call him sweeper that's sweeper and then terry started showing him here's how you sweep guy and then Howie came out later and he's holding joey my son he's like this is we call this the discus and he's just holding him like he's holding a discus so it was it was those moments here around these hall of fame giant personalities oh, that's great um that were really great that that are just moments for me that i always remember
0: yeah, that's a really, the one with your kid, that's... And it's always stuff with my kids, I
1: mean, that's, everything ties back to my kids, uh, for me, as far as, my, I don't care about things for me, I don't know, I I have all these things, like, you know, I've been on The Tonight Show with Tom Cruise, and just, I was in the dressing room, and all of a sudden, he just appeared behind me, that's where the aliens set him down that day, <laughs> and I was just like, man, this is crazy, but the the... It's it, but the things the moments where I've had my daughter got to meet a bunch of different Avengers and stuff like that when she was into Marvel at the highest, those are the cool things for me when the kids get to experience this stuff. That's even better for than, to me than anything I get to do.
0: Yeah, I just recently this year had my first child and uh, you know you hear you always hear your friends and people you know, they talk about and they react to like oh, when you're a parent and it's kind of corny. But I think what they're referring to is like literally this biological thing in your brain that I've now felt that anything that hits my ears about kids just hits me in this different emotional you you when you was like it's a discus when you said that I was like, oh, well, isn't that the nicest thing I've ever heard in my life? You yeah. go cry in my car for a little while thinking about it, it's, right?
1: I tear, I tear up at the dumbest stuff now just when it involves my kids. It's like all of a sudden,
0: <laughs> I can't believe it. yeah,
1: So it's just crazy little moments like that.
0: Well, you're a king, Frank. Uh, we appreciate it a ton. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks again to Frank Caliendo for joining the show. And thank you to our sponsor, Continental Diamond. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and download the podcast anywhere you listen to your favorite shows. We'll see you all again next week. Join PA at the Plymouth Buffalo Wild Wings this Friday from 9 to noon for Friday Football Feast presented by Coors Light. Enjoy food and drink specials and a chance to win Viking tickets and more. Visit vikings.com slash BWW for full schedule and details.